welcome to Didian Hawthorne in the In-Between, or DH&I. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gentz, and you're listening to our podcast about the relevance of literature in the 21st century. Now bookmark that book, and let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Hello and herzlich willkommen zu unserem podcast, and indeed, welcome to our third and final episode about the Kindle Paperweight by Amazon, not sponsored. I am coming up on my one year anniversary of purchasing a Kindle, and I wanted to give you guys my thoughts on having the Kindle, especially since I am now a well-seasoned Kindle user. You can check out my previous two episodes about Kindles, as well as the sources that I'm using for today's episode on relevanceofliterature.com notes, linked down below. And if you want spoilers, live streams, our Patreon-only book club, and other exclusive content, you can check out patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. This Friday, I'm filming our August live stream. We're talking about my August book challenge, so if you want a chance to see me face-to-face, interact with me on that space, check it out. Again, patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. First, I wanted to review my original goals in buying the Kindle and from those goals go into my expectations for how I was going to use the Kindle. Of course, I'm going to compare that with the reality of my usage. I initially bought the Kindle to try to curb my book buying obsession. I'm very fortunate to have a life that is highly travel intensive, meaning that I'm always on the go and I often travel with just a single carry-on item. I'm also a minimalist, so I added the Kindle with the goal of improving my intentionality with book buying because it's just a fact. When I interact with books in any way, shape, or form, I end up buying way more of them than I need. But what was happening around this time last year was that I was bringing a half carry-on full of books and a half carry-on full of my essentials, no joke, and that was really detracting from my travel experience quite a bit because of the weight and the stress of transporting all of those books everywhere literally all the time. (laughs) Thus, my two goals for my Kindle were one, that they help me be more intentional about my book purchases, and two, that I have a better option for travel. And yes, I do think that the Kindle overall has helped me think way more before buying books, and especially when I'm traveling, I usually only bring a backpack now rather than a full-on carry-on suitcase, meaning that when, not if, I visit a bookstore on a trip, I know that my space will severely limit me in how many books I'm able to buy, if any at all. On my last trip, I went to two different bookstores and found myself really thinking and reflecting about my book choices, and that led me to getting a single physical book on that trip, which I finished while I was there, rather than two or three books, which is what I would typically be okay with buying. Plus, I do think that the peace of mind I have with my Kindle that I won't get bored on long drives or on the plane helps me, again, meet that goal of limiting and being more intentional about my physical book buying, especially on trips. That being said, I still read a majority of the time from a book book rather than from my Kindle, for example, just because I like the experience way better. I have the same problem with audiobooks, actually. I'm also a really fast reader, so even with a pretty small font size, I find myself turning pages on my Kindle pretty quickly, which can get annoying when I'm reading. 
Let me know, by the way, if you also get annoyed with the quick page turns on the Kindle. I hope it's not just a me thing, maybe it is though. Most of my textbooks are now digital as well, so I do think that picking up a physical book when I'm reading before bed or at breakfast time helps me separate my work from my leisure activities a lot better than if I just did everything on a device. As far as the second goal goes, yes, 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 having the Kindle has revolutionized the way I travel. As I mentioned before, not only have I downsized pretty significantly to just a backpack on my two to four week trips, that downsize has been such a luxury for me, especially when making tight connections, walking on cobblestones, and keeping track of my belongings in general, especially after long flights. I also anticipate that that luxury will go even further if I ever have to travel during COVID-19 for school, because traveling with just a carry-on means that no one else has to touch or bother with my belongings. Now for the second half of this episode, I'm going to go through first a couple of features that I know about on the Kindle that you all might like. These are features that I have not yet mentioned in this series, and secondly, I'll be going through all the cons and then all the pros of the Kindle in terms of how I use it and what I value in the technology that is the hardware and software itself. First, the Kindle is actually completely compatible with Goodreads. I know a lot of people use Goodreads, they use it especially to save books. I know people who have their whole book lists, like the books they want to read in the year, on Goodreads. Goodreads has never worked for me, I don't recommend it, uh, and I'm sort of a naysayer when it comes to Goodreads, but it is really convenient if you are the kind of person who likes to save quotes on Goodreads or notes or something. You can just click the icon at the top of the Kindle on the top of any book, I might add, and you can access your Goodreads page right there. It's also possible to take screenshots on a Kindle, which I did not know at all. It seems very interesting because of the copyright issues that might arise, but yeah, you can take a screenshot on the Kindle by tapping on the bottom right, I believe, something along those lines, um, and apparently if you plug your Kindle into a computer, you're able to see all of your screenshots as PNG files. There is a link in the description if you want to know exactly how to do the screenshots on the Kindle, how to plug it in, how to access them, etc. And I think that's a pretty cool feature just because we're used to it on our iPhones and our other kinds of devices. Finally, there's a ton of library and renting options for the Kindle, which I didn't know about. Originally, I thought that the Kindle store was relatively limited just because you have to pretty much buy your books from Amazon, but it turns out that's not true. The Kindle is uh, really good at pairing up with many other different apps, such as your local library app, for example. Again, that source in the description below has a lot more information for those of you who would find that feature really necessary. Alright, now getting into my least favorite parts of the Kindle. Yes, there are my least favorite parts. There are some things that I just really don't like about the Kindle. Um, full disclosure, this is just my personal opinion, of course. So popular highlights. Uh, when you read a book on the Kindle, oftentimes if you don't set the option off, you are going to see highlights from other people. So if it's a book that's not widely read, you're going to get highlights 
even if only 10 people have highlighted that spot or that section. That to me is tremendously annoying. I want just my own thoughts <laughs> to be involved in the book. Um, and having these popular highlights that just show up at these key spots in the book really distracts me. And I just, I don't like it for that reason that it's distracting. And often I don't agree with the quotes that these people are highlighting. So I actually figured out how to turn this feature off. I explain the full way like from settings and everything, how to turn this off in my second episode. So if you also despise this feature, go ahead and go there. I have instructions during the episode. I also really don't like how there is a position number rather than a page number on most books. And the reason why that is, is because the Kindle format is such that the pages have to be smaller and in order for them to make it so that you can curate your own font sizes, your own fonts in general, they also have to make a little bit of a different numbering system. I also learned when I was reading Infinite Jest on the Kindle that books have to pay extra to include page numbers, so when I was reading Infinite Jest, I was able to coordinate some of the page numbers, but it was extraordinarily difficult. Again, just because the font size and the actual text size per page is usually uh, shorter than the actual physical book. so. By that I mean the font size is usually bigger and the pages are usually smaller in terms of the physical page length and size, so it's really difficult to coordinate page numbers if you ever have to do that between a Kindle and a book book, which I do all the time again because of the amount I travel. As well, Kindle Unlimited. I really disliked my trial of the service Kindle Unlimited. This is different from just your Amazon library, which is what you automatically have when you start buying books on Amazon for this Kindle. Um, or if you get books from the library, those will go in your Kindle device library. Kindle Unlimited I didn't like because I couldn't find a single book that I genuinely would read on the service, and I thought, well, it doesn't matter how wide the selection is if there's not a single book. Literally, I couldn't find a single book that I could read when I tried it out and I looked for a long time. So I did look and I did ask people about this feature and this extra service that you do pay for on the side. And my friend who does subscribe to Kindle Unlimited said that she likes popular books like Harry Potter. She agreed with me that the selection was really limited for how many books they say are on there in terms of the selection of books people actually want to read. Um, but again, she likes the subscription because she can read the Harry Potter series, popular series like that, without having to buy each individual book and re-download it every time she wants to read them. Next thing is bookmarks and notes. So I would say bookmarks and no notes are one thing that I just haven't fully figured out on the Kindle. And since it's taken me a year and I still haven't fully figured them out, I really think it's just not the most user-friendly part of the software on the Kindle device. The bookmarks and notes are extraordinarily hard to access. I'm a physical book person, as I've been saying this whole time, so I'm definitely predisposed to like the setup of physical books way better. That's just my subjective viewpoint, that's where I'm coming from. 
And when I have a physical book, obviously I can just bookmark the bottom, dog ear the bottom corner of every page. That's what I typically do. When I have a passage or a quote that I like or want to return to, sometimes I even do physical sticky notes, physical notes in my books, and so then I could just literally point to that passage. That is what I do in Infinite Just, for example. However, on the Kindle, when I do that, when I highlight something, when I make a note of something, it takes me so long <laughs> to get back to that section or to reference that section at all that I find myself just not highlighting, not bookmarking at all unless it's something I really want to remember. And that to me is a huge detriment to my reading. I really enjoy interacting with my books and I do feel that the Kindle isn't making that part of reading, the interactive part, as accessible as it could be. Now moving on to things that I love about the Kindle, and there are, and the reason why I think I would have probably donated the Kindle or sold it or, you know, something if I didn't absolutely love it. Again, I'm a minimalist, so I'm super intentional about the things that I curate and the things that I keep in my lifestyle. I do really like using the Kindle, as I was talking about in the beginning of the episode today. It's really revolutionized a lot of my travel and a lot of my lifestyle. Otherwise, it has helped me with those main goals that I started with when I bought the Kindle. The first thing that I just mentioned over and over again in these Kindle episodes is that <laughs> I love that this is only a Kindle. I love that this is not an iPad, it's not a device where you can play chess on it, um, and I just really love that it's just a Kindle, it's just an e-reader, and that's something that I really think this device benefits from quite a bit in my eyes. So I really like that even if you don't have Wi-Fi, you can just plug into a book and just read, and that's all you can do on this device. You can search books, of course, but pretty much it's just a reader, and I love that. Um, and I think, again, that has just really streamlined the whole functionality and purpose of this device. I don't get distracted when I'm reading, which was a huge problem with the Kindles I've had in the past. The second, and I think one of the most important things as well, like maybe this comes at number two uh, after it only being a Kindle, it's the battery. The battery is phenomenal on this device. I rarely charge it. I'm someone who rarely charges my iPhone just because I don't use it. Um, and so for me, the amount of times I use my Kindle versus the amount of times I find I have to charge it, it's just so... I mean, I'm shocked. I'm still shocked after a year. The battery um, life has not changed at all since I bought the Kindle. I can go weeks on end reading every day or every other day without charging this thing, and I really appreciate the battery life. I said before in the second episode, if I could have all of my devices with the same battery quality and battery life, I would, just because it is really, that is one thing that makes reading on the Kindle a joy for me is to know and not have that anxiety, oh I'm gonna have to charge and plug in soon, oh I have to stop reading because my Kindle is about to die. Now contrary to accessing bookmarks and notes, one thing that I love about the Kindle is the footnotes. This is something I discovered recently when I was reading Infinite Jest on my Kindle and oh goodness, it is so easy. <laughs> it's so easy to access footnotes. All you do is you click on the footnote and it comes right up on screen. 
there's no flipping to the back of the book, there's no separate bookmarks for this. This is something I love and I have no idea how this could be replicated in real books. All I know is I love it and it makes my life and my job as a reader of Infinite Jest especially so much easier. Of course, by footnotes here, I mean end notes, the notes where it's marked in the page, but you have to go back to the very back of the book to access them. Footnotes in general, I believe are very normal on the Kindle, if not the same format where you click on the footnote and it comes up on screen. So again, super easy, super streamlined, love it. There's also an x-ray feature, and I use this all the time for academic books that I have on my Kindle, as well as research and other school textbook type books. A lot of my Kindle and Kindle app usage is for school, so I love that when I'm writing a paper, when I'm doing research, I can just x-ray my whole Kindle library and say, okay, yes, we're talking about propaganda in these books on these pages, we're talking about architecture on these books on these pages, and that is really a dream for me, especially coming from this life where I had all of these physical textbooks that I had to reference and had to look at the glossaries for, etc. This has made my life in that regard a lot easier as well. This next point is a continuation, a, an update really, on a point that I made in the first Kindle episode, and that is foreign language books. So I read a lot of German literature and a lot of German media. I would say that my media right now is two-thirds German, one-third English, and my reading is about one-fourth German, three-fourths English. So I do read a lot more in German than I used to, and while there isn't the widest selection ever of foreign language books on Kindle, I have found that there are way more foreign language books available than I thought, especially books that I've been reading for class, novels, and different poetry books, etc. Those are usually available on Amazon or on some Kindle library that I can access pretty easily. So in terms of foreign language books, I am really appreciative of the fact that I can get stuff to read in German, stuff that's interesting, stuff that is artistic, and stuff that I would read otherwise in my real life on my Kindle. It also makes it so much easier because I don't have to ship a book from Germany or from a special library in order to get it. I can just get it in seconds on my Kindle. So that part has been really amazing. And the last point today and for all of our Kindle episodes, I suppose, is the space-saving capabilities of the Kindle. I just can't emphasize this point enough. I'm really looking forward to moving back to school because I'm not gonna have half a carry-on full of books with me. I'm gonna have my Kindle and maybe one book. And again, the peace of mind that I have from knowing that I'm not going to go crazy, I'm not going to run out of books to read, I don't have to be worried about buying books and restocking my library all the time, and that all that anxiety, by the way, is because of my 60 book a year book goal or 52 to 60 books a year. I always am reading, I'm constantly reading something new, and I read about a book a week, so 
that anxiety stems from that goal that I love to accomplish every year. It's a great joy for me to have in my life. And again, the Kindle is something that really placates that anxiety and is able to look the anxiety in the face and say, look, you're not going to run out of books to read. You're not going to get behind on your goal. And that peace of mind is really genuinely one of my favorite things about the Kindle as well. Thank you so much, you guys, for hanging with me throughout this entire Kindle series. I can't believe it's already been a year since I've owned this Kindle. Again, I've really enjoyed this experience of being a Kindle owner and being someone who is experimenting a lot with other forms of reading. I think that's important, especially in our technology-ridden world. We're not always going to have tons of paperback books at our disposal and I think it's really important to get well versed in this kind of technology. So thank you all so much again, really appreciate you guys' support and again following along throughout the entire series through a whole year. I will see you all on Thursday for our next Thursdays with David Foster Wallace episode. See you then! If you enjoyed the discussion and would like to hear more from us, there is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website, relevanceofliterature.com, under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalogue of episodes. We also have a couple of open surveys that you can find through the links in the description, so if you have three minutes while you're waiting in line somewhere, we would very much appreciate your feedback on our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, and we'll see you next time.